0: See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. The loss of Qasem Soleimani is a heavy blow to Iran. He was a war hero, the commander of Iran's feared Quds Force, responsible for secretive foreign operations. He wasn't well known in the United States, but he was one of the most powerful figures in the Middle East, sometimes even touted as a possible future leader of Iran. For America, though, General Soleimani was a problem. In April last year, the U.S. designated the Quds Force a foreign terrorist organization.
1: We are sending a clear signal, a clear message to Iran's leaders, including Qasem Soleimani and his band of thugs, that the United States is bringing all pressure to bear to stop the regime's outlaw behavior.
0: The Pentagon says Soleimani was responsible for the deaths of hundreds of American and coalition service members, and also approved the attack on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad this week.
1: Paul Violis is a CBS News security consultant, an accomplished author, and a renowned global security and law enforcement expert. With over 35 years of experience, he's dedicated his life to finding solutions for the problems that keep you up at night. This is Security Matters with
2: Paul Violas. Welcome to Security Matters, where your security matters most. I'm Paul Violas, and this is a CBS News Radio production. As always, a big thanks to everybody hitting us up on social media. Um, definitely a lot on, on, on Twitter lately. That that's amazes me, but that's, it's, it's all good stuff. And appreciate the comments. Facebook, as always, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Really appreciate everybody writing in. Um, also, uh, a couple of... A couple of folks, not a couple of folks, a couple of hundred actually, have been sending stuff in to info at Violas, which is more than fine. If you have questions that you want to send to me and you don't want it over social media, you can write to info at Violas, which is V-I-O-L-L-I-S dot com, and you can send your questions there, which is great. Your concerns, things that are going on in the country, all that good stuff. And yes, we did get a lot of questions over social on, on, the, um, on the road show. Yes, I will be going on a road this month. Uh, January 15th, we have the pleasure of delivering our first live, in, or, or, our first cold case in front of a live audience, being hosted by the great city of Houston and by the Houston Fraternal Order of Police, obviously, in conjunction with our relationship with the National Fraternal Order of Police. It's going to be a great case. It'll air uh, the 23rd. And like I said, we'll be taping it live on the 15th, which will be a lot of fun also be doing a town hall after that. So if you've got cities around the country that you want us to visit, let us know. We'll pass it on to the FOP. And on January 27th and 28th, I'll be, uh, I've been given the distinct honor to be the Master of Ceremonies at the Safe House Project uh, in the Congressional Auditorium on Capitol Hill. And we will be uh, a two-day, a two-day. it's an evening event on the 27th, and, uh, and the actual event is on the 28th, again in the Congressional Auditorium, talking about and raising awareness to human trafficking and assisting victims, as Safe House Project does such a great job with. So, an uh, answer to your questions: Yes, that's all happening. You can always uh, hit us up at CBS Audio to find out more, or hit us up, you know, even uh, at Violas.com. We can more than happy to, to answer any and all questions. But today, today we have something that um, we've spoken about before, and uh, something tells me we'll speak about it again. But we are talking about um, as tensions are growing between the United States and Iran uh, over recent issues. Now, I, I'm joined uh, in just a minute here by, uh, our, by someone I consider a dear friend, but someone where we are extremely honored and privileged to, to have as the Security Matters military analyst, and I'm talking about none other than General Dan Goodrich, and he's going to be joining us shortly. Before he comes on, I want to lay out some groundwork here, and the reason why we're doing this is because we need not— to feed into misinformation, and we need not to fall into the politicizing of how our country, and more importantly, how our military protects American citizens and protects American soil. It's very, very important. So that is why we're going to talk about this today. So let's keep this all in perspective. On 27 December, 30 rockets were launched by an Iranian-backed militia at an Iraqi military base, killing an American contractor. Americans respond 29 December, airstrikes on an Iranian-backed militia. 31 December, the U.S. Embassy is attacked in Iraq, <clears throat> Excuse me. which was orchestrated by General Soleimani, the head of the Qud force of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard. And also, somebody's a quick sidebar, that we, in concert with his force, his Islamic Revolutionary Guard, declared as a terrorist, keyword, and terrorist organization, in April of 2019. So hold on to that. Many people have said that what happened next, on January 3rd, the United States, via a drone attack, killed Sulami and four others. Uh, An excellent piece of military strategy being implemented, I may say. Now, a lot of people right now are afraid. Now, fear is not how we protect this country. I can tell you that right now. And aspiring to fear and spreading fear is not how we protect this country. So when we start hearing that the president on 3 January, through the approval of the U.S. drone strike killing Sulanami, was an act of war, that is incorrect. What was an act of war was when Sulanami orchestrated the attack on the U.S. embassy in Baghdad. That was an act of war. Ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about this. Embassies, regardless of whether it's the United States, Russia, China, Iraq, Iran, doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. Wherever that embassy is, that is sovereign soil. That means it belongs to the host country. By bombing the embassy in Iraq, you might as well have been bombing the Empire State Building. It's U.S. soil. That was an act of war. What the president did was exactly what he should do and any responsible commander-in-chief would do As the President of the United States in responding to that, there's no question about that. Let's make sure we're clear on that. Now also, why him? Well, in addition to the embassy, Soleimani, Soleimani was responsible for the insurgency in Iraq and Syria. He's responsible for providing IEDs, IEDs, improvised explosive devices that killed and maimed hundreds of American military. Don't forget that. He's also responsible for murdering women and children in public, openly. He was an in-state actor. In-state actor means he was employed by the government of Iran. and He was a leading terrorist organizer in the world. As I mentioned before, the head of the Qud force of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, which, as I said before, also was declared a terrorist organization in April 2019. This, in concert with the fact that we knew, based on intelligence, we knew that he was planning other attacks, plural, against United States citizens and United States interests, in concert with the fact that he also was responsible for the attack on the U.S. Embassy. This is what promulgated our attack. This is why, as we go forward, which we're privileged to have General Goodrich today talk further about this, this is why we must now roll up our sleeves and get even more stern and stronger. And this is why we need to set the bar very clearly about who's responsible for the terror in this world and who's going to make sure that we safeguard American citizens from that. So, as again, as I mentioned, we're privileged to have uh, our military analyst, a 30-year veteran of the United States, retired General, General Dan Goodrich. General, thanks so much for joining today.
3: Yeah, well, thank you, Paul, for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate it.
2: General, in respect for your time, I'm going to jump right into my, my, my questions here. Um, the military planning process... A lot of people don't really understand what goes into that. And obviously, we have different factions of the media that want to jump out and make statements that aren't true. So no one knows better than you. The military planning process and what would have gone into making the decision to hit Soleimani. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Sure, Paul. It's a very intricate process. There's there's no doubt that it's... Uh... It's got a, a lot of people involved. That's at some point. Um, it's it's in this case, uh, it's very close hold. But normally, uh, the when the, uh, and when something comes up and uh, the leadership wants uh, an answer or wants some ideas on what to do. Um, once they have some uh, actionable intelligence what are the what are the courses of actions that can be taken? The military then uh, r- gets right into this um, military planning process by which they take a hard look at what's uh, what the mission is uh, the things that are le- leading up to the mission what what the causes were what the input was, and then finally um, part of the part of the process by which they determine uh, what their uh, what their recommendation is going to be is what can what are some of the outcomes of this um, action what what might happen after the fact after this action is taken so the bottom line is it's very very detailed um, and it, it normally takes a bit of time at some point uh, you don't have as much time depending upon what action what intelligent uh, uh, what intelligence you have, um, so it, but in all cases, in all cases, the military planning process develops a plan and then presents that plan to the leadership, in this case the president, uh, for, for his decision. Um, a lot of people might be confused that the military uh, makes the decision to go in and do things that's not true. Um, people need to rest easy that uh, they have very, very talented uh, leaders and members of the United States military, uh, but they're not acting on their own. They may have ideas, they may present courses of actions, but they do not make the decisions that uh, affect uh, everybody in the United States. Uh, That's the senior leadership uh, up to the president.
2: All right, so, so to piggyback off of that, General, you mentioned intelligence gathering. So so we can frame this so everyone can clearly understand where we're coming from here. The military planning process, as you said, is a quite detailed process. So it's not, this isn't fly by the seat of your pants. A lot of intelligence is gathered in that, as you said. So to piggyback on that, you mentioned intelligence and actionable intelligence. Now we know, and I've learned from you over the years, that intelligence is clearly at the cornerstone of all military action. And you filter that as to what works and what doesn't work, and what's actual, what's not actual. And you validate it. And once you validated it, you vetted it, you call it actionable intelligence. What exactly is actionable intelligence so people understand that?
3: Well, simply put, uh, let's start with intelligence uh, writ all uh there's a lot of information out there a lot of information is gathered but actionable and infer- uh, uh actionable intelligence is information that can lead to an action that you can fo- you can actually follow up on and it should be it should be information at, that should be used, put to further use in other words it's very solid uh and it's very important to uh, to understand what that intelligence is as you move forward and and some of these um, uh, 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 on, on some of the uh, uh, attacks, or uh, any any type of um, action uh, following, uh, but pre a um, attack like this, so it's it's very important. Uh, but not all intelligence leads to action.
2: Understood. So basically, when we say that intelligence is gathered, so everybody understands what's going on intelligence is gathered during the military planning process of whether or not there's going to be action or no action. And that intelligence then is vetted very carefully and it's filtered. And then once you have verified as a military leader, and for everyone to know, it, it, as part of General Goodrich's resume, he finished up his career as an intelligence leader at the Pentagon. So we can't have a better subject matter expert for this. So now, General, just to finish that thought... We have the intelligence, you and other leaders look at that intelligence, you decide after vetting the intelligence what's actionable and what's not. Then you get to that point where you frame what you're going to recommend to the president regarding what military action to take and what military action not to take based solely on what the probability of success is, limiting the amount of of casualties that aren't necessary, and also looking two, three, four steps ahead as to once we do this, what do we need to be prepared for? Is that accurate?
3: Uh, that's very accurate. The most important or sometimes overlooked portion of that is the follow-on, the, the two, three, four steps following your action and what you might expect uh, that's critical to the, the, um, the recommendation that you may have for the senior leadership.
2: So, and, and Which I'm going to come back to that, but I also, I also want to state for all of our listeners now, there's been a lot, of, a lot of rhetoric that's been going on discussing the public's right to know what the president knew regarding the intelligence and how he made that decision and what Congress's right was to know that intelligence. So let's, let's be all clear with this. Congress, message to Congress, Congress, the U.S. citizen, you do not have a right to know that. No one has a need to know that, even if you're in the military, unless you are a part of that operation. So rest assured, all the things that you keep hearing on television and on the radio about, well, they didn't tell us. Well, you're not entitled to know. So don't ask. What makes everyone feel so entitled that all of a sudden the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, our military leaders from the Pentagon across the board need to tell the public what their plans are? Stop asking. Because it's never going to happen. Now, the other part is, I've been hearing a lot of this talk about, well, Congress should have been told and needed to approve that. Wrong again. And remember, this is not a political statement. This is a fact. This is just a fact. Congress did not need to know that. Congress did not need to approve that. The president did not declare war. And if anybody declared war, it was Soleimani who orchestrated the attack on our embassy, which is sovereign soil, we merely responded to that. So we need to put those things to rest. Do not expect to get those because we simply can't tell you. And if, if someone is in the military and they're not working that operation, they don't have a right to know either, so don't feel left out. Now, General, a lot of political rec- rhetoric, rhetoric has been circulating stating that we should not have taken this shot for fear it would have angered the Iranian government and caused them to act against us. General, is this the mindset of our military leaders?
3: Uh, Paul, the mindset of the military leaders is not to, quote, fear retaliation, but to weigh all factors in the planning process. Um, it, again, it is not the decision made by the military leaders, but it's important that the military leadership lays out all the possibilities of of what might happen after an attack like this takes place. Uh, but to say that uh, we should be worried about uh, retaliation against us, you know, really the bottom line is uh, they uh, the Iranians should be worried about further retaliation against them for what they did to our people and our uh, embassy.
2: Couldn't agree with you more, sir. Couldn't agree with you more. And... And just to reiterate so everybody understands, part of the military planning process that went into this operation when we launched that drone strike was exactly what the General said, looking four steps ahead. We've already thought about what what their response was gonna be. Our intelligence on the ground gave us that information so we can look three, four steps ahead. So please, ladies and gentlemen, stop being in fear of what Iran may do. And I could not agree with you more, General, Iran's the one that needs to be worried at this point, as they should be, as they should be. Reference the question of active war. And 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 generally, I throw this out to you, obviously, with the utmost respect. Now, you know, obviously, we've talked about how I feel. Um, I know how we both feel, especially, but I'm just talking about myself, about how poorly the United States handled, and our administration at the time, handled the attack on Benghazi. That was an act of war. We failed our citizens. We failed our, our military and government personnel miserably. The way that we, we followed up with uh, Rice coming on and lying on television, with Clinton talking out of both sides of her face. And again, I want everyone to understand, this is not a political statement. This is a fact. It's an undebatable fact. We were weakened as a country the way that we handled that. I will tell you that. There's no question about it. Now reference the question of, of of active war general is it safe to say the action taken against the u s embassy was more of an act of war than us striking Suleimani?
3: Paul I truly believe that there's no no doubt you know you, you said earlier in the show about uh, it's a sovereign it's a sovereign land of the of the country a country that it's the embassy of it's true. If you, it, it, it's you have to you have to be able to feel safe in your own embassy, and obviously that's happened before to us in 1979 in Iran. So you know the the idea that um, you can attack our embassy because you don't agree with our 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 philosophies or, or even our actions. Is just, is just wrong. It, that's as much act of war as if they came over here, as you said, and attacked on our home, home ground.
2: Fantastic. Thank you for that, sir, because we really needed to clarify that there's a lot of people that are you know real, just concerned and, that, and having you on is going to, I'm certain, going to make a lot of people breathe a lot easier. General, my last question. As a retired general who worked in the Pentagon holding a high-level intelligence position and has many years of hands-on experience serving our country in the Middle East region. Are you confident, sir, that we are managing this, situ- this situation in the best interests of the American people?
3: Absolutely, Paul. And I'll tell you that this is a complex and dicey situation. There's no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, um, the Pentagon... Members in the military leadership are acting in the best interest of the American people. They, you can be proud of them, and you'll know that whatever they say, whatever they propose, will be in the best interest of their fellow citizens. There's just no doubt about that.
2: Well, General, I can't thank you enough for that and, and for taking the time to speak with us today. And at, as, as we close this particular episode, I want to leave everyone with this thought. I understand that sometimes we're left feeling really uneasy when we watch what's on television, we listen to what's on the radio, we see what's on the internet. I I, I get that. I, I completely get that. You need to understand that there's a gross disparity between true journalism and sensationalism. And unfortunately, there's far more sensationalism than journalism. I will tell you unequivocally that what we've talked about today are pure, unadulterated facts. What you need to walk away from this with is this. Sure, does it create anxiety amongst people when we think that we're going to be in conflict with another country? Yes. There's no question about that. It would be odd if you didn't feel a little anxious over that. That's to be expected. But what I ask you, I beseech you, please, to listen to what General Goodrich said because at the end of the day, a lot of planning went into this. That planning consisted of three, four steps ahead knowing what we were going to have to do and what we were going to have to contend with and the probability of how they were going to respond. That's already been, already been incorporated. We need to understand it is our not just our right but our responsibility to respond to acts of war such as the attack on the embassy. And you need to also walk away from this knowing that anything that they're thinking about meaning iran right now anything that they're thinking about we've prepared for and they do not have any type of armament that we don't have better and more of so with all that said please trust in what our military leaders are doing in the information our intelligence community is collecting and how we're making decisions to make sure that we safeguard American interests and American people in the Middle East, outside the United States, and clearly at home. General, I can't thank you enough for joining us today, and look forward to having you back on in the near future.
3: Thanks, Paul. It's a very, very important issue.
2: So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to finish up for the day. Stay with me.
1: We're gonna stick with that breaking story overnight. President Trump promising to make a statement this morning after Iran fired more than a dozen missiles at two military bases, housing Americans in Iraq.
0: The targets included a facility in Erbil and the Al-Assad Air Base, which hosts about 1,500 U.S. and coalition forces. Holly Williams is in Baghdad, and as people wake up here, Holly, We're all wondering about the extent of the damage. So what can you tell us? Well, we're still waiting on official word from the US government on what damage was done. Uh, The Iraqi military says that they suffered no casualties. And that's important because they work very closely with American troops here in Iraq. There are around 5,000 US troops serving here in Iraq. They're here for the fight against ISIS, but they were already on a state of high alert. And they had paused their operations against ISIS over the last few days. And that's because they were fearful of revenge attacks.
2: Now back to security matters with Paul Violas. Welcome back to security matters. I'm Paul Violas. And as you heard uh, on my conversation with general Goodrich, uh, I want very much really, I very much want to leave you with, with this one thought. I a proud member of the, of the media right now, and I, I am very, very fortunate to have the position I have and to have the opportunity to, to do what I do. But we really need to understand that there is a difference between sensationalism and there is a difference b- between sensationalism and journalism. And what you're hearing right now is journalism. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I really loved uh, and, and appreciate aligning w- with CBS News Radio because that's, that's the history, it's the backbone, it's the benchmark of what that's all about we need to know the truth and the facts and what i heard what i gave you today was the truth about what we did why we did it and how we're prepared and the facts that's it so please uh, even though and i and I, I can assure you the weeks ahead are going to be a little bit nerve-wracking i get it you're going to hear a lot of things coming from iran they're going to run their mouth they have to right they got punched in the face and now they got to stand up and sound like you know what um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you can't pick on me. I'm going to do this to you. Well, just please keep this in perspective. We're the strongest country in the world with the most powerful military in the world. We have the, the most sophisticated intelligence community in the world with assets everywhere. Rest assured, we're going to be just fine. That's all I can tell you. But rest assured, we're going to be just fine. And trust in our military leaders. We did not become the greatest country in the world without them. We're doing the right thing. On behalf of everybody here at Security Matters, I appreciate you, you, you joining us today. And continue to hit us up on social media. We, all, we, we love your comments. You can always shoot me an email, direct at info at Violas. Have a great week. Be safe, be well. God bless.
1: Thanks for listening to Security Matters with Paul Violas. The podcast is produced by Seth Nyman and CBS News Radio. For more podcasts from CBS News, visit cbsaudio.com slash podcasts.